So today, um, I do want to change it up. We've been practicing Qigong a fair amount this semester, like four times, I think. And so there, you've got three movements. We'll probably circle back to Qigong at some point. Um, but I'd like for us to shift toward, there are three other movement practices that I would like to introduce. One is called the bolster sequence, which is really low key, very restful, but also breathing. Uh, then there's leg stretches with a strap. Leg stretches with the strap is really, really good. It just helps you relieve a lot of tension you might be holding in your body. And that just, it can help you clear your head before you sit. There are lots and lots of good things with that one. And then there's walking meditation. I'd like to save walking meditation for later in the semester. So we're, we're not, I don't, I don't know if we're quite ready yet for that one. So the bolster sequence or leg stretches with a strap, and I've got some people in class who've taken class with me before, so you're kind of familiar with this. Um, which way should we go? The bolster sequence? Yeah? Okay, it's raining out there nice on a rainy day. Okay, so we did that um, in uh, the Tuesday class, and there were some people who had some issue with uh, child's pose. So if I see that, I am going to go ahead and put cards out. Um, so if you have a card, Up says it's okay for me to come and help you set up differently. And face down is no thanks. Um, also, with masks, you know, we're kind of in an in between space here. Yes, this is a classroom, like we're having class, but it's more of being instructional space. It's kind of this in between place. Back when the first wave of COVID had died down, so that was what, end of summer 2020, fall of 2020, I went to a yoga class, a face-to-face -face yoga class, and the space was very open like this. And so what the teacher had established with the people coming to class is, um, well, this spacing, you know, good spacing, but also if you wanted to take your mask off at your mat, you had that option. Would you all like to have the option of taking your mask off at your mat? Are there people who are like not comfortable with other people having their mask off? Sort of, kind of, maybe. Do, do you want to just keep masks on here? Is that what I'm getting? Okay. We'll keep masks on. Um, if it starts to die down more, I'll bring this back up to see if, if we want to do that or not. Okay? All right. Um, 
So bolster sequence. Get your bolster. And notice if it's flat. Mine's kind of flat. And you want to roll it to kind of fluff it back up. Roll it like a roll of refrigerator cookie dough. block handy. You may or may not need your block, but just have it close by. In very simple postures. I'm just going to take 10 deep breaths in each one. So we're going to start with child's pose. So I've got my mat parallel to the short end. Take your knees as wide as the mat. And you see how far away I am? I want to be far away enough where when I extend my arms, I can place my hands on the bolster. And you can rest your elbows on the floor. And for some of us, if you have tightness through your shoulders or your neck, it might feel like a little stretchy to do that that's happening for you, you can get your block and rest your forehead on the block. like to breathe in the backs of your lungs. We'll go ahead and start breathing together. So wherever you are, exhale. Inhale, one, two, three, four, five. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. 
exhale. Inhale. Complete your breath. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Stay with your breath. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. What does the breath feel like around your nostrils? Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Last one. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Now nice and easy, come up. And I set a card out. I should, should have set that out before we started, but here it is. And I'm gonna start setting this card out before class through the semester. So if we do have these times, um, you can let me know if it's okay. Um, like for instance, I saw some people where child's pose was not a very comfortable event. So it just would give me permission to come up and offer some options to you. That's, that's all. <clears throat> all right, so the next posture that we're gonna do before we do it, find the rim of your ribs. The place where the low rib is and the torso. This is the area that we want to support with the bolster. So we're gonna come face down and we're taking sphinx posture. It should feel good. So it might take a little bit of shifting to find that spot. And we're gonna stay on forearms. And as far as feet, if you have low back issues, feet should be about hip distance, not super wide. 
about hip, about hip distance. If you don't have any issue with your low back or spine, you could try to take big toes together. Just find the right space between big toes touching and feet hip distance. And so as we are on our forearms, palms are on the floor, and on an inhale, we're gonna squeeze the backs of the arms into the bolster to help us send our spine through the shoulder blades gently and then exhale, relax. Inhale, one, two, three, four, five. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five. So this isn't big movement, it's just a, a very subtle back and forth movement. Inhale, Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. You could relax your gaze in front of you on the floor. Inhale or close your eyes. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Maybe you can feel your ribs flaring a little bit on the bolster. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. We've got two more. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. So maybe this is happening for you too. I can feel that my front body has relaxed, but it also kind of feels smushed in a way, like I'm smushing toward the mat. So, and that's a very technical term. It's gonna be part of the glossary on the final test in this class, smush. So to unsmush, I'm turning the toes, I'm pushing through the heel to let one knee lift and then the other, 
rock back and forth across the hips. Sometimes, depending on how it's feeling, like if low back has a thing that you need to pay attention to, just a little bit of shifting back and forth can make all the difference. And now we're gonna settle into the next pose. So next pose is crocodile posture. So that's face down. For me, I don't, I don't know, maybe when I grow up, I'll be able to get my forehead all the way to the floor. Some people might be able to do that today and it's comfortable. But you can also rest your head on a block. forehead to the floor, stack one hand on the other and rest your forehead on the backs of your hands. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Ten deep breaths. <coughs> Wherever you are, exhale. Inhale. Exhale. <clears throat> Just rest there a moment. <coughs> okay, so we'll begin again. Wherever you are, exhale. Inhale, one, two, three, four, five. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five. Inhale, let the front hips rest on the floor. Exhale. Inhale. If you're feeling cramped, try loosening the shoulders a little bit. Exhale. And widen the collarbones. Yeah. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Rest your breath for a moment and, and have a look. I'm seeing, hopefully you all can see the ones in the back row, um, but I'm seeing people like this 
like the teacher made you lay your head down on the desk. So and if you're feeling cramped, and it's looking kind of cramped for some people, like you're bracing against the floor, try lifting up and even moving the shoulders a little bit and letting all of that settle down. Let's see if that makes a difference for you. And we're gonna take five more breaths. Yes, that looks a lot better, Abby. <clears throat> Wherever you are, exhale. Uh-huh. Inhale. It looks much better, y'all. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. One more here. Inhale. Exhale. And now nice and easy. Come up. So the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve and it descends from the brainstem down into the body. And it's considered vagus like vagrant, a wandering nerve. So for a long time when you know bodies were being dissected and they were identifying things, they saw this nerve that was just like everywhere. Well, the endpoints of the vagus nerve are at all of the organs in the body your heart, your liver, your spleen, on and on and on, all the organs. And when you have good vagal tone, you're relaxed and your uh, interchange with people, your socialization is at ease. Um, when we're stressed out and anxious and depressed, the vagus nerve is offline. So one way to get the vagus nerve to wake up and to have and to, develop, and to develop good vagal tone is through deep breathing, but also stimulating this part of the body, the low rim of the ribs in the front. So like the diaphragm area, but also your liver is right here, okay? So this in particular is really good for your vagus nerve. There are a lot of things that we're doing that's good for your vagus nerve. But I would say, and maybe already you're picking up on this, on days when you're feeling really, really exhausted, this might be a really great sequence to do, okay? Uh, so the next pose, 
that we're going to do is just basically some side stretching. And we're going to aim for that same area, the low rim of the ribs on the side. And when you come into this, you got to find the spot where it feels okay. You extend the bottom arm out. And then I take my head kind of like I'm aiming past my shoulder. And again, when I grow up, maybe I can rest my head on the floor. Maybe you can. But if that's not right for you, take your block. Rest your head on a block. Breathe deeply. And as for the free arm, is it comfortable to just let it rest on the ridge of your side body? Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. If the front body feels more open, breathe into that. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Breathe into your shoulders. Exhale. What are you carrying on your shoulders? Inhale. Do you need to carry it? Exhale. Sometimes we do. Sometimes not. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale, complete your breath, exhale. Inhale, can you track your breath? Where does it go? Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Two more. Inhale. Exhale. If it's starting to relax your low back, let that happen. Inhale. Exhale. Now, nice and easy, come up. Make your way to the other side. Remember, bottom arm is out, and then we want to send the head 
a little bit past the shoulder. <coughs> Good. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Relax your face. Exhale. Inhale. Rest in the pauses. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale, just let it go on the exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Nice and easy, come up. We're going to do the last one. There are two metaphors that are coming to mind. One is, you know, it might feel like something's unraveling. Let it unravel. Maybe you don't need it to be bound up and wound up so tight. But maybe, you know, as you're putting your shoes on, you do have to tie something up, right? When you do that, when you're getting back into the rest of your life, maybe you don't have to hold some things so tight. Another way of thinking about it is you're just taking your coat off. Right? And so when you go to put your shoes on and get your bag, you gotta put your coat back on. Is it fitting? Is it comfortable? Do you need to get a new coat? Or maybe put it on in a different way? In the world of yoga, you know, there's uh, kind of this underlying message that 
We just need to open, 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 open. Open your heart, open your mind, open your body, open, open, open. Which, in the beginning, yes, because so many of us, so many of us are closed off in ways and it's working against us and we know this. And so we come to these practices because there is this promise of release, of easing tension, right? And so, yeah, you know, there is an emphasis on opening and letting go. But what we want is to get into a fluid dynamic between open and close. Because that is the basic motor of life. Your mind opens and closes. Your heart opens and closes. Your heart, literally, when it's beating, is opening and closing. So when we get stuck in one of those, that's when the problems come up. And a lot of times with anxiety, we're stuck in an open mode in some way. And we don't, know how to sh- we don't know how to bring it back down. We don't know how to close it. And when we're depressed, we're stuck in this down state. We're closed. And we can't open back up. And so this practice can help us figure out what is that thing that's keeping us from being able to get up and to get the energy that we need. So... we can do a lot in this space and in this time but then when you're stepping out into the rest of your life just notice what are you putting back on and sometimes I mean this is a lifelong pursuit there are some things that just don't fit us anymore but through this practice we can begin to recognize that and we can recognize what it is that really suits us So this next one is easy posture. The low ribs in the back, that's a little too low to aim for. So we wanna aim for the bottom third of the shoulder blades, somewhere along there. If it's not comfortable to lay the head on the floor, thank goodness for yoga blocks. You can place your hands on your body. That can be really soothing. Or if you're really enjoying uh, how this is opening up your breathing, you can take your arms out in T position. Let's keep knees bent. And we're going to take 10 breaths here. Wherever you are, exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Yeah, let your body swell and settle with breath. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale, relax your eyes. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. 
Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Got two more. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Your homework is to do this underneath the most beautiful tree that you can find. Might take you a few weeks to find that tree. And once you do, this is your homework. It's time to rest. So if you need to move the bolster out of the way, if you need to shift into a different position, feel free to do that. If you haven't been to the Botanical Garden, there are lots of beautiful trees there that are also kind of out of the way, where you don't have to worry about somebody walking up on you. Just be there for the next little bit. 
you're ready. Make your way to resting on your side. when you're moving through transitions. Even this transition from yoga mat to sitting up, that's a really good place to see what's happening and how you come back together. Because it's natural when we rest to kind of just let go and melt into this space. And then we bring ourselves back together. That's happening all the time. So do you do it with a, I gotta get right back? Or, you know, are you resisting coming back? Or is there something there waiting for you? you know, oh, it's still there. It didn't go away. Maybe there's something you're grieving. Maybe grief has a way of staying. So then the other part of this, and sometimes it's love, sometimes it's what lights you up. Wake up to that. That's fantastic too. But whatever you're waking up to, how can you hold it? Where there's nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with your life, or an expectation for it to stay or not stay. Just hold it with open hands. So, mantra meditation. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Last week I talked about Sanskrit mantra. And you could use that as a very formal, very old, traditional way of handling mantra. But you can also use English phrases as mantra. Um, there's a difference between mantra and affirmations. Mantras, they call upon you to grow. They're guides. Whereas an affirmation has a result. There's a result that you're looking for. Affirmations are great. But as far as picking something for the long haul, like for the next three to five years to your, the rest of your life, you want to choose something that's bigger than you are. That's going to continue to guide you and evolve you as you change and as your life changes. I have a, a place in modules. There's a mantra folder. And so there's some stuff that I've written. You can go and take a look. Um, because I'm about to talk about some possible 
phrases that you could use. Um, you could develop some kind of template. You know, so there's some templates that I'm offering up. So blank surrounds me and flows through me. Love surrounds me and flows through me. Patience, joy, grace, you know, the fruits of the spirit. Right? You choose one of those. Blank is at the essence of my being. Patience, love, compassion, kindness. Okay. So that's one way of going about finding a mantra or creating a mantra for yourself, is to find kind of the template and then finding the right word that goes in with it. But then there are other ways there might be one that just comes to you. Um, another example is, I'm friends with my life. That could be a really good one. I'm friends with God. Mm. That might wake you up. I love my life. Get ready. As you start to practice mantra, you know, when we first start, we want to <clears throat> we, we want to follow breath. So like in yoga, movement is following breath. So in meditation, awareness and attention follows breath. So we're following breath, following breath, following breath. And in the beginning with mantra meditation is following on inhale, pausing in the pause, following on exhale. And we're not breathing. We're out of the way. So unlike yoga practice, yoga practice, we're manipulating breath. And we just did that with our bolster sequence. Right? With meditation, we're trying to get out of the way as much as possible and reflect the rhythm of breath. So there's mantra on inhale, pause, mantra on exhale, pause. Over time, as you get used to this, and how do you know you're getting used to it? Well, you start to relax in the effort, or you start to realize you're on autopilot. You've, been, you've got it on spin in the back of your mind, but you just created a plan for the next six months, you know, in the forefront of your mind. That's a sign that it's time to shift, because you want to engage your attention with the mantra. And so it might be time to do an entire breath cycle. Inhale, pause, exhale, pause. Mantra. I am compassion embodied. Inhale, exhale. And then over time, these moments of stillness are going to just show up. And of course that's what we want. And in the beginning, when we're first practicing, we have this idea that we want to clear our minds of thought, that we want to develop that skill. But we don't really want to clear the mind of thought. We want to be with the mind when it's active. We want to be with the mind when it's clear. Because you know what a clear mind is. Even if you're coming here for all the stress 
or the, the running of the mind. There are times where it's not. You know how it feels to have a clear mind. So it's happening. And so, first we reflect with rhythm of breath. And then there's going to come a point, I don't know, six months from now, two years from now, who knows. But these moments, what, how you know is that there are these moments of great clarity and stillness. Your mind, you come upon that. And so you come upon that, and maybe you still are rolling your mantra. But then eventually you want to begin to reflect these moments of stillness. Like the end of your exhale. So you have this moment, it's clarity. You're just here in this room with the sound, with your body, with the texture of the floor under your body. You're just here and that's all. Right? So suspend your mantra. As this starts to come up and it's becoming more and more familiar and you're having longer and longer moments of that, suspend your mantra. Take care of that pause. Be right there in the pause. And as soon as it starts to fray, attention does that. Awareness does that. It's almost like it pixelates. As soon as that happens, you start your mantra again. And you keep your mantra moving with the activity of mind. But then every time that mind starts to slow down, you slow mantra down. Does that make sense? And you can do that for three years. Who knows? But there will come a point where, again, it's going to feel like there's a shift that's needed. And how? What? This is just coming from what I experienced. Okay? But there comes a point where you're in that clarity, you're in that stillness, and you start to recognize the life cycle of that stillness. There's the beginning of the stillness. There's the very heart of the stillness. And then there's an end of the stillness. Even before everything starts to pixelate back into to-do list, or the funk that you were in before you started meditating, or whatever it is. Within that very clear, clear place, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you start to recognize the very center of that stillness. And so maybe you suspend your mantra once it starts. As soon as you see it, as soon as you see that it's starting to come back, suspend the mantra. And then you recognize the very heart of that stillness is there. You're sitting in it. And you put your mantra into the center of that stillness. And then when it all dissolves again, you go back to mantra moving. But when you can start to put the mantra right there in the heart of that stillness, this creative space, what do you want for your life? What do you need for your life? And I'm talking big picture. I'm not talking about the 4.0 that you need, or the money that you need, or the partner that you need. I'm talking bigger picture than that. 
What do you need? What is that thing that can help you bring forward into the world that you're here to bring forward? Let that mantra reflect that and put that in the very heart of your stillness. So if mantra meditation is interesting to you, take some time, even if by the end of the semester you're like, hmm, still kind of like not, you know, take the time. It's still going to feel like shoes that are a little bit too big for you. So at some point you're going to need to just go ahead and establish something. And work with it. And if it needs to shift, just be sure to dedicate at least a good six months to this first one that you might come upon this semester. And then if there's something else that comes in, okay. But maybe that's the one. You know, in six months, maybe that's, that is definitely the one thing. All right, let's sit for the last few minutes of class. So go ahead and have a seat on your bolster. <coughs> By the way, the bolster sequence usually takes about 20 minutes for me at home. So it took up most of the class here today. You probably want to give yourself a good half hour with the bolsters. 